All right, welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season one, episode 1.04. Today we are discussing the Be Do Have lens. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick. I'm the primary developer and facilitator for Rekindling. And my name is Zach Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry with a minor in pastoral leadership. And so with that, we can begin. Zach, why don't you give us a quick recap of Eternal, Internal, External, or EIE, which is the lens we did in the previous episode. Sure. So basically what we talked about last week with EIE is saying that as believers, we need to make sure that, and even as people in general, um, we need to make sure that we're having a more eternal perspective and so then we're less affected by the external things that are going on around us. Mm -hmm. And so we used a couple different word pictures. We had the one that was the straight line, straight horizontal line at the top of the paper, and that's the eternal, and that's God, and he's just not changing. And then down you have the heartbeat monitor of ups and downs that most of the time we just kind of bounce along on top of, but what we're trying to do is make it so we're more attracted to God and less focused on the the um, external external things that are going on. Right. And so we start to level out a little bit more. And then we also use the analogy of being a helicopter pilot instead of a hoverboard driver. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just bouncing around on every little pothole, right. you can have more of a long term, be able to see the big picture more and just stable. kind of fly along looking, even though it's more complicated. Yeah. And then uh, if you would like to hear more about that, that was episode 1.03. And we also, if you want to learn some more about Rekindling Ministries, that's episode 1.00. And we've also talked about the seven-stage journey and the sweet and sour lenses, Mm -hmm. um, which we have talked about in episodes 1.01 and 1.02. Right. And so just a quick reminder to the listeners, this this series, this lens series, uh, each episode we're going to give a different paradigm or different perspective uh, to help you make better decisions or maybe to see your situations from a more biblical angle, from that, yeah. that God angle, just so the better decisions. And, and I think there's a lot of peace and joy and, and benefits that come from it all. Yeah. So this lens today is the Be Do Have, and I actually just finished a training probably 30 minutes ago, and it was the last session of the training. It was a 10-week 10, 10 training, and we had six people in the workshop, and they were going through some of these lenses. And okay. so today they each got to summarize like their favorite lens. Yeah. And so of the six, one did EIE, one did Seven Stage Journey, okay. uh, but three of the six did Be Do Have. So this is a pretty popular lens, especially when you get into the application of it all. Mm-hmm. So Be Do Have, what does it mean? Definitions first. So your B is going to be all of your internal character, your attitude, your thoughts, your feelings, everything internally. Okay. Do is going to be your accomplishments, your activities, tasks, deeds, etc. Mm-hmm. And then have is going to be possessions or resources or rewards, and specifically the stewardship of them. So gotcha. we live in a society that is very have, do, be. So our society says, you know, once I have more time or more money, then I'll go do the things that I want to do, mm-hmm. and that'll make me happy. Where the scriptures are going to teach, no, you want to do things in the other direction, be, do, have. You want to become who God has designed you to be from the inside out. Mm. So you want to develop that character, or I heard someone today in their summary said cultivate character. That's a good word. Yeah, you want to cultivate your character. As you're you're developing and honing those, then you're ready to go do the do, to go do whatever task that God may have for you. Yeah. And then once you commit to doing that do, then God's going to provide the resources you need to accomplish that task. Okay. And I think that it's important that we uh, just mentioned that 
a lot of times with this biblical paradigm, the have that we were just referring to, that kind of happens rather last minute. Yeah, yeah, um, usually, yeah. God has a tendency to work in timing that's different from ours in uh, just the way that we're thinking about it, which is more of a sour thing. Right. Um, and just a lot of times he still provides everything that we need, but he squeezes it into the penny that we need and at the last minute. Although at sometimes he does definitely work in a way that you get that up front, but most of the time that is. Yeah, a lot end. of times the have can be uncomfortable, but the thing is if you've really been pursuing the be and you're committed to the do, then if it is uncomfortable, then you know you can roll with that. Uh, roll with that. Yeah. Now, and you mentioned the sweet and sour, tying this into the previous lenses. So the seven-stage journey, which of course is the umbrella of all, you know all these other lenses, mm-hmm. the water walking we talked about you know a couple weeks ago was the developing of the character. Yeah. So when we talk about the B and you want to be you want to be cultivating this character, you want to be becoming the complete version of you that that Jesus designed you to be. Mm-hmm. The idea would be with the seven stages journey. Remember how we talked about the water walking? Imagine there's a whole bunch of training areas yeah. on the water, and so you would go like like each fruit of the spirit is a training area, each spiritual gift is a training area. So when you're water walking, it's the same thing as as the B, um, which is you're you're training in these different areas so that your your priorities are shifting, they're aligning with his, your values, your attitude, etc. And then the do and the have would be the wind walking. So when you're actually going out and you're pursuing the niche or the purpose that God has for you and you're carrying it out, that would be the do and the have. Yeah. Uh, or if we combine the be to have with the EIE, um, the eternal and internal are be things where the external is do and have things, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. So with that, um, that's the idea of, of what the scriptures want to say, where, where you want to you focus first on developing that be so you're ready for the do, yeah. and then once you commit, you get the have. That's counter to culture. It's also counter to the American church. Um, the American church can get very, very do focused. Mm-hmm. So they're focused on numbers, you know, how many people come to your church or how many people have you saved or they're, or they're looking at deeds and accomplishments. Um, have you, you know, have you, how many, you know, have you gone on a mission trip or, hey, I caught you doing that sin. So whether it's a, a positive thing or a negative thing, but they get very, very focused on the do. Mm-hmm. Some churches can get focused on the have, but a lot of the quality churches, they trust in the have, but they, they still get hyper-focused on the do even more than the be. They may give lip service to the be, yeah. but but you can tell by their questions, by by the decisions they make, by their budget, et cetera, that they are do-focused instead of be. Even though scriptures would seem to emphasize the be, why do you think that might be? I think a lot of that has to do with just this type of legalistic mindset where you're more focused uh, on the actual actions that are being done and not the personal um, cultivation of character like you were just referring to. And it's a whole lot easier for people in leadership and people on the outside looking in to say, okay, well, uh, what's something that we can really see and measure? Uh, well, um, what are they doing? Yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. And so it really is just a yardstick that you can use pretty easily to say, okay, well, we're trying to figure out what's going on here. Are they doing this? Are they... Mm-hmm. Do they have joy? Like what sorts of things are going on? And that just makes it a lot easier and is just more convenient, really. Okay. So so doing the do typically is a little bit easier, a little more convenient, mm-hmm. easier to measure or observe. Yeah. Where being the B is a little more difficult and you, and you can't measure it as much. So with that, I give, I give the example. Let's say I'm a counselor 
and somebody comes in, and let's say I'm a counselor at a Christian school, mm-hmm. and somebody comes in, they've been caught lying a couple times. And so they were sent by their RA to come sit with me because they've been caught lying. And lying dishonors God, and we need to fix it, et cetera. Yeah. Now, I don't want to say that I don't care, but it is such a secondary issue for me. So, so picture kind of um, two columns. So we have a B column and a do column, and then two rows, a command row and a prohibition row. And so that creates four squares. So we have our B commandments and our do commandments. These are are those things that God tells us to go pursue. So B commandments would be things like joy, hope, patience, etc. The do commandments would be things like give, evangelize, etc. Those sorts of things. And and like love would be a combination of B and do because it's the internal attitude and, and the external action. And then you would have your prohibitions. And so the B prohibitions would be things like uh, anger or hate or uh, selfishness. And then the do commandments would be lust or the party sins or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So if this kid comes in and he's struggling with lying, that is a do prohibition, right? So the yeah. bottom right corner there. So I look at that and I say, okay, so he's he's doing something that falls outside God's parameters. This would be a sin. Sure. Um, but why is he lying? Why is he doing that? Odds are, and this is just patterns that I've seen, there's a B struggle going on. So there's some B prohibition that he's wrestling with, and that's what's causing him to act out in the lying. So it could be, for example, he's unloved. He feels unloved. And so he lies to get attention. Could be um, for if there's a selfishness or there's a desire for control, and he can control when he lies or when he when he manipulates truth. Yeah, and so he's doing it for control. Um, it could be that there's fear, and so he lies to cover up the fear. Right? There's there's multitude mm-hmm. of reasons. So if I'm sitting with him, I'm not going to focus on the lying, the the do. I'm going to focus on the be behind it. Um, what's he wrestling with that's causing this? Then once I identify that. Uh, that that this is the B prohibition that he's struggling with. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna. That's not even the focus either. This is just one step in, in the process. I actually want to focus on what's the B commandment that will help counter or temper the this B struggling. So let's say he feels unloved. What is a what is a biblical B that's going to help him f- not feel unloved? Just the love of Christ. Yeah, love. Yeah. yeah. So I need to love him. Mm-hmm. He needs to understand that Christ loves him. His RA should love him. His parents should love him. So he needs love. Um, if he if there's a lot of fear in his life, and this is why he's lying. What what are some biblical things that would counter fear? Uh, just knowing the comfort that Christ can provide. I mean, really, most of these are going to come back to just a focus on Christ instead of the uh, external circumstances, which right. goes back to eternal, internal, external. Yeah. So if if he's fearing. Um, Knowledge, like you said, just knowing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he just, you know, knowing is half the battle. Mm-hmm. So he, I need to help him find some wisdom or some knowledge. Uh, scriptures say, "Perfect love casts out fear." Yeah. So actually, love will also counter. A little quick rabbit trail on that: love will actually counter pretty much every struggle somebody's dealing with in, in one shape or another. Uh, it's hence ergo why love is so important, right? <laughs> um, uh, or um, trust. Trust would help counter the fear. Confidence would help counter the fear, right? Yeah. So he's lying. I figure out what the B struggle is, the fear or the unloved or whatever. Then we identify, and, and I might list to him, all right, so here's, here's a couple things the Bible would offer, and I want to try to offer to you very tangibly. Mm-hmm. Which of these would you really like to have more of to help counter the fear in your life? And I would let him decide. Mm-hmm. And then my whole goal would be to pursue those B commandments, 
which will help then temper or counter the B struggles or the prohibitions, which will then help temper or counter the do struggles that he has. And if he's doing the B commandments, that is going to lead to do commandments where he's going to be honesty and maybe serving. Maybe he goes volunteer somewhere, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so what you find is of those four, the B commandments are what's most important. Yeah. And so that's just another way to kind of play out this be do have. It's and, and scripturally speaking, so we talk about some of the other lenses. They're all at the very least inferred from scripture. You know, I want to be honest. I'm not saying scriptures teach this. Yeah. Uh, but they're at least inferred and they fit within the parameters. This is one. The be do have one is one that will really align with scripture. Yeah, and I think that it's just really cool this whole idea because it allows for a lot of the complexity with issues Um, because I feel like a lot of times we tend to think okay well this action is occurring and so there must be something rational and logical behind that one action and so if we just fix that what they're doing then we'll change the problem Um, and so I think that this just really allows you to have the the perspective of no no let's let's just take a step back Okay, so this person's lying. Y- yes, lying's bad, and we, I think we all can agree to that. Right. Um, but lying isn't the actual issue. The actual issue is the heart condition behind that action. And so by allowing, just using this to say, what's actually going on? Um, instead of just settling to say, okay, well, uh, let me pull up my counseling manual. Lying. Lying, you need to tell the truth. Okay, tell the truth. Right. It's, right. It's more complicated than that. And just yeah. allowing the individual to say, yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from with lying. I mean, it makes sense because these are some different things that could be cultivating that. And these are some things that you can do to have Christ really mm-hmm. work to remove those things. And so not so not only are we moving from I'm not as focused, at least. I'm not as focused on the external do as much as I am like on the internal heart. Yeah. And it's and we even move on like what is it that they're struggling with or or what's the problem at the heart level? We're actually going to what's the need at the heart level. Mm-hmm. You know, because hurt people hurt people. We are made of flesh, uh, dust, Psalm 103, <laughs> right? It's just yeah. it happens. So I love the idea that and this is a rabbit show we won't go down today, but when we get into muddy fields, one of the other lenses and mm-hmm. sin and what's the most biblical productive way, it's different than how we do it. And so definitely look for the, the Muddy Fields you know, episode. But we, we want to be proactive in what are some of these great B commandments that we can experience to help counter our B struggles so that we can then counter the do struggles and, and then do the right do it, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So scripturally speaking, because I think, you know, some people push back on this. If you're more and even I am more sometimes um, achievement driven. Or my identity is wrapped up in my accomplishments still, uh-huh. and it's something I'm trying to break, and, and you know, old dog, new tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, but so people can sometimes push back on this because they're so used to doing the do. What I look at, I look at scripture, I look at uh, Jesus and the Pharisees, and so he says to them at one point, you know, he calls them whitewashed tombs, and he mm-hmm. says, "Listen, you guys are doing all the right do, right? So they were held to the 613 commandments. I think it's 613." I'll give it to you. Yeah, 613 (laughs) or 643. 613 commandments of the Mosaic Law. You're doing all them right. Great. But you're whitewashed tombs. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. You're dead on the inside. So Jesus kept, you know, I want more love. I want more faith. I want more humility. I want more trust. Um, All these internal things Mm -hmm. uh, he was asking for. And even in the Sermon on the Mount, we see that Christ is less and less focused on what you're actually 
doing and the actions that are going on, but he actually cares about your intentions. Mm -hmm. And it's not enough to just say, well, I'm doing these things. Okay, why are you doing those things? If you're not doing it for the right reason, then Mm -hmm. it's still wrong. Mm -hmm. And so... That's definitely something that we see in the New Testament. Yeah, Paul backs that up in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, listen, you can give away all your money. Mm -hmm. You can have and teach all this knowledge. You can speak in these eloquent tongues. But if you don't have love, he actually says in the Greek, it's worthless. It has no value. So because I I have friends that are very quick to to rebuke and correct. Mm -hmm. And then we have those passages. Now, they're very qualified passages, and eventually I want to do a whole episode on on just biblical correction and what are all the actual steps to biblical correction. Um, There's fascinating. It works, Mm -hmm. but you never see it in action, right? But anyways, so they're very quick to rebuke or correct, and they don't do it with gentleness. And they at least give lip service. Okay, I understand. I'm supposed to do that with gentleness, but and if I proceed don't, to not. <laughs> but, but they proceed to yeah, they're yeah. not. But even if I don't, at least I'm getting the correction done. Mm-hmm. But Jesus and Paul would seem to say, yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. If you don't do it with the gentleness, if you don't do it with love, it doesn't count, right? Yeah, and I've actually been studying First Corinthians 13 for a project. Um, and it's really interesting when you look through the first three verses, like they escalate so much because it starts <laughs> with speaking human or angelic languages, uh, reading from the HCSB, uh, speaking with human or angelic languages, but don't have love. I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And so he's saying if you're doing something that really just benefits yourself and not really too many other people, it, it, you're just basically an inanimate object. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't, right. it just doesn't really do anything. And then prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge. Then you're starting to benefit like the church and different things. And so it gets a little better. Like you're doing some stuff that actually benefits other people, and that's good. Um, unless you don't have love, then you're nothing. And then in verse three, it's it, I found this out through um, studying. It says, "If and if I donate all my goods to feed the poor and give my body in order to boast, but don't have love, I gain nothing." What's interesting is that word donate, Mm -hmm. it actually denotes a continuous giving. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like this guy's just saying, okay, well, you know, I'll I'll just try try this next thing and uh, I'll give money to the poor. No, it's actually a lifestyle that this person has cultivated, but he's not doing it with love. Mm. And so he's not having that right be attitude. And so it doesn't matter. So I think this is why three out of the six today did a recap of be do have because it meant so much to him. Mm-hmm. It's there in the passages. Yeah. This concept that all three are important and it seems at least sequentially that you really be need to be emphasizing and embracing the be first. Yeah. Um changing that character, changing that attitude, etc. so that you can most effectively go do whatever it is that you're going to be doing and then of course you know we're stewards of other resources. So if you're listening and you're taking notes right now, I want to be able to give some specific passages that just again, come back and just keep showing this idea again and again. So one of them is the first Corinthians three, the love chapter that you just mentioned. So it says love is patient. Patient is going to be a B thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love is kind, which means useful. That's a do thing. There's no jealousy. Jealousy is is an attitude. That's a B thing. There's no bragging. That's a do thing. But bragging is rooted in arrogance or pride, which is a B thing. Yeah. Uh, It says there's no rudeness. This means to not, um, do or say anything inappropriate, that's going to be a do thing. Mm -hmm. It's not self-seeking. 
that's a B thing because it's an attitude or your perspective. Uh, it keeps no record of wrongs. Again, that's a mental attitude. I'm not taking those wrongs into account. Uh, it rejoices in truth, not righteous. Rejoices is a B thing. Yeah. Um, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Again, a combination of, of B and do. So that's one passage right there. And so, I, so we're, we'll give you guys a quick baker's dozen of these. Uh, we'll give you the reference, and then you can look them up on your own. But these are what we call B do have passages where you can see, oh, here's a B element, here's a do element, you know, and here's a have element. So what's another one? Yeah, another one of those that just lists out a bunch is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and mm-hmm. 23, talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, temperance, and just all of those things make it so you're not leading, you're not carrying out your fleshly desires. And see, most of those are B. Mm-hmm. Like temperance and goodness is probably more of a do, yeah. Uh, given the Greek and what it means, but I think the, most of the other ones are more are more that B elements, developing that B so that you're ready, right, to go do the do. Yeah. Um, another example, going back to Old Testament, Isaiah 11. It's a messianic passage in verses 1 to 3. It talks about the spirit of the Lord will rest upon Jesus. And it says the spirit of understanding, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of fear of the Lord, the spirit of power. Um, the, the four intellect ones, the, the knowledge, understanding, count, wisdom, and counsel, and the emotional one, the fear of the Lord, those are all B things. Yeah. The power then is what enables you to do things. So you still see there uh, a, a shift or an emphasis, a weight on the B. Mm-hmm. And then also in Second Peter 1, 2 through 11, we see a Great lot of passage. different things mentioned. Um, and just, again, talking about more of those things that you need to be in order for you to um, just be able to grow in faith and all of that. Yeah, to me, just a quick side note, Galatians 5 and Second Peter 1 are two passages that I really do recommend people memorize even more than the Ten Commandments because uh, they're New Testament, right? Yeah. Um, and so the, the fruit of the Spirit says in Galatians 5.16 that if you walk in step with the Spirit, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. It's this ridiculously powerful uh, promise. Yeah. And so when you walk in step with the Spirit, you know, and Paul says later in chapter 6, now that we have the Spirit, let us also be led by the Spirit. So it's two different things. And again, rabbit trail, we won't go down. <laughs> yep. um, but you're, you're walking in step with the Spirit, and then all this fruit comes, especially a whole lot of the bee fruit and some dew fruit. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to resist the sin. Yeah. Right, and, and and then in Second Peter one, it says that you add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and knowledge perseverance, and it goes through all those. And again, it's a combination of be and do. It says, I think in verse ten, if you do these things, if you're adding to your faith diligently in these areas, mm-hmm. it says you will never stumble. Yeah. So it's two really powerful promises, and so I wish people would memorize the fruit and memorize these steps that they're supposed to take, be and do steps, yeah. uh, and really kind of you know go with that. So those are some of the, uh, the passages we, we broke down a little bit. I'll just list off uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 16, Colossians 3, 12 to 24, the Beatitudes. You mentioned the Sermon on the, on the Mount. So um, Matthew 5, 3 to 12, and really Matthew 5 through 7 yeah. uh, are, are some great ones. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20 is another be do half passage. And then also just 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10. Um, us being servants of God, First Thessalonians five twelve through twenty four, interacting with just the body of Christ, Ephesians four one through three, and then seventeen uh, through just chapter six really, mm-hmm. um, being prisoners for the Lord, and then just there's a ton of different verses that talk about the different gifts. Uh, Romans twelve six through eight, First Corinthians twelve seven through eleven, Ephesians four eleven, and then uh, also some in the Old Testament, Exodus mm-hmm. thirty five thirty five, First Samuel two seven, 
back to the New Testament, uh, Acts 12.25, Romans 12.13, 1 Corinthians 7.1, and Ephesians 6.18. I put them in a mixed-up order just to confuse you. I appreciate that yeah, a lot. Just so you know. yep. um, and, and you have 2 Timothy, all of chapter 2. Um, you've got other passages in Roman, Titus, James, and more. Yeah. Uh, there's just a bunch of them. I have, there's no way for us to show this here when we do some of the workshops, or, or maybe we'll end up putting some... Uh, I hope at some point we end up putting um, like PDFs on the website so that people can download the PDFs and kind of follow along with these podcasts. Yeah. But one of the things I'm going to do, and I've already showed this to you, but we, we put together a chart that lists out all the commandments in the New Testament of what believers, the the, be, the commandments and the prohibitions, the things that we're supposed to go pursue, the be and the do, uh, and the things that we're supposed to avoid, which would be, would be the, uh, the prohibitions. It's all... So if you... Sin is not just the prohibitions, i.e. if you do one of the prohibitions, that's a sin. Yeah. But if you also don't do one of the commandments, that's also a sin. And so we don't, we won't really go through all of it now, but we, we put a whole chart together. Um, we categorized it and put it in different columns. What was one of the biggest things that jumped out at you when you saw that, that list? Yeah, and I was actually going to mention this also, just the fact that, and as we alluded to, we're not going to chase this rabbit trail, right. even though we really want to. Um, so be looking for that episode coming up in the future. But just the fact that there are probably a two-to-one ratio, would you say? About, uh, yeah. Um, just things that we should be doing and positive actions to be taking and things to be being and that sort of thing compared to um, just the list of prohibitions and mm-hmm. the things that we're not supposed to be doing and being. Um, it it's about a two to one ratio. It was remarkable for me to see that yeah. that literally there are twice as many things that we're supposed to be being and doing mm-hmm. than not being or not doing. Yeah, and that goes so so counter even what our culture thinks about mm-hmm. Christianity because um, I've heard it presented as just this list of rules and this old book that you have to follow, but really. It is much less about behavior modification, and it's so much more about life transformation. Right, and so that goes back to this be, do, have. If we're hyper-focused on the do, so you know, the party sins or what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's all about the behavior, the do modification. Yeah. It's not, you're totally right, it's not what's, what's, what's going to do it. It's, it's changing the be, it's developing the be internally that will then give you the strength to do the right do, right? Yeah. Um, and one little side note on that, we're going to do, well, probably multiple episodes on sin. When we do, when we start the unpacking season, yeah. we're going to spend a multiple episodes on just what sin is and how to respond to it and all that. But I just real quick, I'll say, you know, growing up, I'm, I might have thought, okay, we're supposed to do these things, or, you know, be and do these things and not be and do these things mm-hmm. because simply because God says so and he's boss. And I think that's partially true, yes, sure. but I don't think it's complete. And I understood just recently that, especially out of God's love for us, and he wants to benefit our well-being, mm-hmm. all the commands and prohibitions that he lists out are for well-being. Yeah. So when God says, I want you to be or do these things, it's because it's going to benefit your or another's well-being. Mm-hmm. And all of these prohibitions that I don't want you being this way or doing these things, it's because it's detrimental to your or another's well-being. And when I really came to grips with mm-hmm. that, I'm like, Oh, now I'm actually a little more motivated to, to pay attention to these things, you know? Yeah, that perspective change is just powerful. When you get to the point where you realize that God is not trying to ruin your fun. Right. He's actually just trying to preserve your life and make it just that much better Fuller, for yourself yeah, yeah. and the people around you. And so with that being said... Well, before we do okay. that, I'm going to... Yeah. Um, 
give it some quick application on this. Yeah. So, so we've discussed the the principle, the definitions. You know, we, we haven't understand the concept. So, what does this actually look like in my in my practical life? Mm-hmm. What it means if, if you really want to live be to have in a be to have fashion. It, it would mean that as you're like mapping out your next season, so you're putting together your list of priorities, you know, your to-do list or your, you add, basically if you have a to-do list, also add a to-be list yeah. and really pursue the be list before the do list. And so when you're putting together your calendar or your schedule, simply set aside time, like be time. And these would be times where you're just sitting with the Lord in prayer, mm-hmm. you're studying scripture um, so that you can actually begin to develop the character. It's not just, be time is not just sitting with the Lord. It's sitting with the Lord so that your character can be cultivated. And so we won't spend a whole lot of time on this because we're going to get into this later when we we do the unpacking season. But just real quick, what that means is like step one, you identify what's one or two character traits that I would really like to develop or hone. Mm -hmm. Maybe I have none of it. And I want to, I want to get some, or maybe I have it, but it's in raw form and I want to refine it. So going back to the seven stage journey, all these different water walking areas, you can only do one or two at a time, I think. Mm -hmm. And so you would pick, all right, like for example, for me right now, patience and joy. Those are the two things I'm working on. So I pick, I identify, this is what I felt God was telling me. I want you to, I want you to get more patience. I want you to have more joy. Um, so then I did a quick study of the Greek and the Hebrew, trying to get at a working definition of what those are. So Mm -hmm. my working definition for patience is choosing to endure the bad happening to you, refraining from enforcing what is do or right in the moment so that you or another can grow or some other good can be accomplished. Hmm. Now, I don't like that definition, (laughs) but I think that is the biblical definition. And then joy, we just finished the joy study, um, and I don't have it memorized yet, but basically joy is a merry contentment in my well-being even moving into a exhilarated, bright, high-spirited uh, excitement that results in, in bounding celebration. Um, and I get that from thinking on good and noble things. Hmm. So, 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 you, you, so step one, you identify the traits you want to work on. Step two, you come up with a quick definition. Um, and then step three, you look at, you, you read through all the passages. We read through all 700 plus on patience and perseverance. We read through, I think, 1,000 or 1,100 on the joy family, right? Yep. Um, and you really try to work through all the nuances and some of the details under the hood and all that. And what does it result in? Well, I know patience, among other things, makes me more reliable. I give you one, one of God's go-to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I have more joy, there's power, there's strength that comes from that. Um, it's contagious, we learned, which yeah. I thought was really cool. So anyways, and so, so I read through all the verses and then and then the last step is okay so what was this what's this going to look like in my life well um if i'm actually going to become more patient and patient is an enduring of bad then the only way that's going to happen is for bad oh boy here we go you know (laughs) um bad is going to have to happen and i'm going to have to let it happen because there's another good going on and joy is this merry contentment or even exhilarated high spirits that come from me thinking on good and noble things. So when the bad comes and I'm enduring it, I really shouldn't be hyper-focused on thinking about the bad itself because it's going to prevent the joy. Mm-hmm. I need to be thinking on the good and noble things. And so we went through, and I'm not going to do it now, but we had at least six different uh, six different categories of what can bring joy. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll just start going through those categories. And so now I start learning patience and joy. 
uh, and then that's just going to equip me as I move into the do. So that that's there's a whole lot more that could be said to that, but at least gives you an idea. Like practically speaking, it's I want to have a B list, and then I actually okay. want to set set aside time for that B list, and the B list is character cultivation. I really like the way they said that, mm-hmm. um, and knowing that it's a benefit because it's going to equip me as I go through the do. Yeah, and so with all that being said, we're now going to just transition into a time of just some question and answer, and so we can hopefully answer some of the questions that you have. Right. Okay, so the first question that we have is, are you saying that the only way to get the have that God provides is to just, you know, be the way that God wants you to be? Uh, yes, there is a formula. The prosperity gospel is true. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I'm um, no, it's it's. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's not formulaic where if you're being the be well and you're doing the do well, then you're going to have a whole bunch of have. It, it's, it's, the have is a separate issue. So, for example, the parable of the talents, mm-hmm. the five talent and the two talent, it wasn't like the five talent person had more talents than, than the two talent person because they were being really well or doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a separate issue there. So what I would say is is let the have, there's a number of different factors that play into that how much ever you end up having, just steward it well. Great. So let's say that I am a new believer. What are some areas that a new believer that wants to start adopting this idea, what are some areas that I should focus on at least initially? Mm. So I'll give two answers to that. The best answer is whatever the Lord tells you to, (laughs) uh, because the Lord knows exactly which training area or which B element you most need in this season. But that does imply uh, that you can already hear God in prayer, which is another whole, you know, again, can of worms. We'll do another episode on that. So what I would say, what are some like safe ones that you definitely is really good to pursue? I would look at 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 where he says, uh, you know, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. And then I would also look at the Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, the first three, love, peace, joy. Uh, humility would be another one. So I would say if, if, you're, if you don't know where to go yet, know then if you, if you choose to really focus on more trust yeah. uh, or more hope or more love or more peace or more joy or humility or patience. To me, those are probably the seven. If you pick one of those, you're good. Okay. And then also, are you saying that what you do doesn't actually matter? No. And I know that doing these podcast series is going to be difficult sometimes with people listening. And if if we haven't got into spectrum yet as one of the other lenses, uh-huh. but if they're thinking all or nothing, when, when we're talking about pulling back from the, the do, it's easy to hear us saying, oh, he's saying don't do the do. Not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the be do have concept is that you're embracing all three of those. Okay. Uh, it's just that what we're what we're really trying to discuss here is we are so hyper focused on the do right now as the American church yeah. that we want to slow down a bit. We want to pull back just a bit from that to really try to embrace more of the be so that the do is more effective. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now let me ask you, what would you say? You know, we talked about now that we went through sweet and sour lens and we want to apply the sweet and sour lens to, to all the rest of these. What would be the sweets and sours of somebody actually trying to live out be do have? Yeah. So I think just starting with some of the sours that it just takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, people, as you, as someone starts to do these different things and be the person that they need to be, uh, they're going to have to just put in the time and effort that it takes to study the Bible, learn the different perspectives and really be able to start changing that mindset. And another thing that's kind of sour, um, which again is a good thing that makes you wince, um, is Mm -hmm. just the idea that it's focusing 
on it forces you to focus on the eternal mindset and it doesn't allow you to be um much more in the flesh and yeah yeah and so that's another thing and you just have to be less selfish um because you're not just focused on the individual things you're doing you're actually focused on the mindset behind those things which just adds a different perspective and makes it more difficult but some of the sweet things it helps you battle sin because you're focused on doing and not just um Mm -hmm. we're gonna chase that rabbit rabbit another day um (laughs) but it also forces you to focus on god because it's not you trying to do individual tasks you're relying on him to uh, just be more aware of what's going on um and with your mindset and it also just makes the things that you actually do so much more effective. Absolutely. Because as you, like, if you are a generous person, like, just in your heart, you just love to give mm-hmm. money, resources, time, whatever that might be. When you actually do that, it's going to mean so much more because it's coming from more than just a moral obligation to do something. Right. And uh, just lastly, it really gives a sense of contentment for yourself because you can mm-hmm. see the progress in the things that you're being and also the things that you're doing because it affects both, like I just said. And so it just gives you... You're more well-rounded. Yeah. 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 And I think the giving is a, is a great um, example of the be-do have all together mm-hmm. because you're supposed to give of your resources joyfully. That's the do, the have, and the be, right? Yeah. So you have that joyful mindset, which will then, then lead to you to give discerningly of your resources. And so it combines there. So as always, if you have more questions, if you'd like to learn more about this or how this looks in application, or you have objections, maybe there was something that we missed or, or another passage that we forgot about yeah. that would, might counter this a bit, feel free to contact us. You can go to the Rekindling Ministries website. It's rekindlingministries.org, or you can email us at info at rekindlingministries.com. And with that, we will sign off. We love you guys, and we'll see you at the next episode. Sounds great.